Welcome to a series of netcasts brought to you by Yale University. Yale Global Online is the flagship publication of the Yale Center for the Study of Globalization and explores the implications of the world's growing interconnectedness through people, products, and ideas. Disrupting U.S.-China relations will incur high costs. The Yale Global article is written by Farak J. Contractor and read by Susan Frachel. Alarm bells are ringing about President Donald Trump's angry pronouncements against China. He has called the nation a currency manipulator and threatens tariffs on Chinese imports. Of course, official designation of currency manipulation must come from the Treasury Department. So far, these claims have been backed with little calculation of costs or jobs gained or lost. Trump highlights a lopsided trade imbalance between China and the United States, a deficit of $338 billion. China may have more to lose, but the U.S. would be hurt too. Estimating the number of workers involved in U.S.-China trade is tricky. Inferring from World Bank surveys on the labor share of export value and labor content in each country's exports offer rough estimates. 16 million Chinese workers are engaged in exports to the United States, and more than 1 million American workers are engaged in exports to China. Besides imports, consumers can obtain foreign products through foreign direct investment. Buying a Chinese Buick is not the same as buying a car made in the United States. Instead, the consumer buys one made by General Motors Shanghai subsidiary. An American who purchases a small refrigerator at Walmart is likely buying from a Chinese company whose U.S. subsidiary produces appliances in South Carolina. Both the cars and the refrigerators include parts imported along the supply chain. This is among the many complications in understanding foreign direct investment data. Chinese foreign direct investment accelerated after the year 2010. The annual level of investment by Chinese companies in U.S. operations is more than $15 billion. Such investment from most emerging nations has a knowledge-seeking motivation. Americans need not be alarmed. The biggest Chinese investments are in sectors like real estate or hospitality. Proprietary technology is not an issue. The largest Chinese investment to date has been in pig farming. U.S. firms have more to lose in the event of trade disputes over foreign direct investment. U.S. investment in China is more than $74.6 billion, five times larger than Chinese investment in the United States. The United States has more than 6,000 company affiliates in China, while China has about 1,200 in the United States. More FDI jobs are at stake in China because of greater use of cheap labor. Chinese affiliates employ around 90,000 Americans directly and the U.S. Commerce Department reports that up to 10 million U.S. residents work 
for foreign companies directly and indirectly. FDI represents a small but significant fraction of overall jobs for both nations. A bigger challenge is the extra costs for U.S. consumers. The United States is one of the few nations that could produce almost everything domestically that it now imports from China. That would mean higher costs for households and hundreds of billions in transition costs for businesses. U.S. consumers may be patriotic, but they also care about their pocketbooks. Boston Consulting Group found that more than 80% of U.S. respondents in a survey said they prefer U.S.-made items and they will pay more. But another survey found that only 30% of respondents preferred U.S. jeans priced at $85 over imported jeans for $50. Every dollar a consumer pays for a Chinese-made product, 55 cents is kept by U.S. businesses for marketing and sales services. 45 cents goes to the Chinese producer. In all, less than 3% of U.S. consumer spending goes to products made in China, according to the Federal Reserve Bank. U.S. consumers would have to pay more than $2,000 extra each year if China did not produce these products. In the absence of a dire national emergency, U.S. consumers won't prefer paying the additional costs. Companies have tried reshoring. In 2015, General Electric's appliance division tried to bring back manufacturing to the United States, assuming that an automation could offset the higher wages. But the company encountered a challenge. The parts supply base had disappeared from the United States. A year later, the company sold the division to a Chinese firm. Restoring all elements of the supply chain in the United States would require decades and is a theoretical dream. Finally, the Chinese government holds more than $1 trillion in U.S. Treasury bonds. Chinese entities collectively own about $2 trillion in U.S. securities. This is second only to Japan. The Chinese could sell off these holdings and panic U.S. markets, and that would result in a plunge in the U.S. dollar's value. The scenario is unlikely, short of military confrontation. For the past 25 years, the Chinese government has regarded the United States as its principal foreign market. China has every incentive for keeping the U.S. economy going strong. It's a matter of self-interest. Investments in U.S. securities do not earn a high return but the investment is safe. In effect, the holdings demonstrate Chinese support for the global trading system. Neither nation may be thrilled about economic entanglement, but both nations have a mutual self-interest. Together, they account for almost 40% of the world GDP. International trade theory and practice never suggests perfect trade balances. Proposals to return jobs to the United States are economically non-viable. Should the United States carry out threats to levy a tariff on Chinese products, production likely won't return to the United States. Other low-wage nations are ready to compete, including Vietnam or Bangladesh. Hundreds of millions of people work for less than $1 per hour.
Disruption of global value chains would add hundreds of billions of costs per year to U.S. businesses and consumers. The extra costs would fall disproportionately on lower-income Americans. The two great nations need each other. They can pursue a relationship that is bipolar, fraught with anxiety, or they can continue historic cooperation and lead to develop the 21st century global economy. Farouk J. Contractor is a professor in the Management and Global Business Department at Rutgers Business School. He produces a blog on unbiased perspectives on global business issues. And an expanded version of this article is in the March 2017 issue of Rutgers Business Review. This and other Yale Global articles can be found at yaleglobal.yale.edu.